Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth and concepts for improving organizational culture. This is your host, Philip Grison. As you increase your wisdom, I hope you enlighten others on your path towards greatness. If you want to go further, head over to leaderthink.com. Hey, everybody. Today, I have Shelly McCoy, one of the safety instructors for GUCO, with me today. And Shelly's more than that. I think that of the people that I discuss consciousness with, I don't have deeper conversations with anybody other than Shelly. And so it might get a little weird today. We're, we're probably not going to talk about basic safety stuff, but I do think that, that consciousness matters. And again, Shelly's one of the type of people that I can have really deep conversations about that with. So we might get a little out there today. Um, it may not be for everyone, but for those of you that are really into leadership skills, your self-awareness, this could be a great podcast for you. Hey, Shelly, how you doing? Oh, doing great. Absolutely great, Philip. Thank you. <laughs> Good. All right. Anything else you want to tell everybody about yourself? Oh, no. Uh, just a little bit of background about me. Uh, used to be, uh, started out my career in the Marines, 1st Marine Division, um, field radio operator, uh, commercial diver, you know, got into safety, got into, uh, spent a couple times as a medic, uh, a couple of years as a medic down at the Gulf Coast, and just recently got my master's in history. So, um, did a lot, <laughs> as you can see, kind of kind of crazy, um, but try to get the most out of life, you know, uh, stretch it real thin. <laughs> I like it. A ADD in careers, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> well, good deal. All right. So we're going to talk about consciousness today. So maybe we should start with what the heck is consciousness and, and how would you define that? Yeah. So it, it, it and it's such a hard uh, definition to define, but, you know, I, I got on the line and online and saw what other people, how, uh, you know, medically it's defined, how um, generally it's defined and the, the state of being aware uh, and, and awake and able to make observations of one's surroundings. I mean, of course, it's going to go deeper than that uh, consciousness. There's many layers of consciousness and that's what it connects to uh, you know, quantum physics is the, the wave particle duality that we'll talk about later. Okay. Um, being uh, like a multiverse, even being able to have multiple forms, uh, if that makes sense, different dimensions, different forms. Um, so being conscious with that being said, I, it, to me, I, I correlate it with energy, uh, like the law of thermodynamics. They say, you know, energy, it can't be created or destroyed. It can only transform and, and, and I definitely think that, that there's some correlation there that consciousness just transforms, um, you know, in like we're going to talk about later, the, what our bodies versus our consciousness are. Well, let's go down that road a little bit. So, um, you know, I, I think we're both fans of Eckhart Tolle and Eckhart talks a lot about consciousness as being fully present, that we're no longer subjected to clock time that uh, when we're truly present, that's when we're in a state of consciousness. And, and when we're focused on, you know, these past thoughts or thoughts of the future that we're, we're disconnected from the present moment. And, and you combine that with a lot of the Tony Robbins type of motivational people that they're always talking about being fully present. And, and how does that tie into consciousness, that presence? 
Oh my gosh. And, and I love that source. Uh, since you, since you've given it to me, it's made me think about the past, the present, and even time it's completely different because future is nothing but anticipation. It's creating a reality that does not exist that yet may not come. And you're creating these expectations that may not pass, which is creating irritation and if, if things don't go as you expected, it creates this anger, it creates hurt feelings. You know, in looking at the past, you have to forgive, you know, forgiveness is a huge word that, you know, really didn't have meaning to me until, until later. Um, you know, you preach like that and a kid, forgive, forgive, but you really, until you really take it in your heart and you, you really realize what it is, whether it's forgiving yourself or forgiving somebody who's actually wronged you, you got to, the, you know, the true uh, awakening is is coming to an understanding. Well, this person reacted to this because uh, of the buildup of this. You got to look at your past. Well, I'm a human. Okay, my hormones were raging. Maybe I made a bad decision because, you know, my brain chemistry was crazy. Um, and, and forgiving yourself for for doing maybe um, you, you were ugly to somebody. I don't know, uh, but it's forgiving somebody or forgiving yourself and looking at the past completely different instead of dwelling on it because I know so many people they they're devastated about what happened in the past and they can't get over it but uh living in the present that's how you make up for that if you got bad karma in the past definitely you know reach out reach with your heart and and, and go forth in the present I mean that just really turned my uh uh ideas about the past and the future I think that's what he had to say was brilliant so, okay, I'm going to go further down that road for a little bit. And here's something that I've been processing that's kind of a little bit of a conflict and a thought about consciousness. But Eckhart Tolle talks so much about consciousness as being fully present. You're not living in the future. You're not living in the past. You're living in the right now. But I've been reading Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural, and he focuses so much on being consciousness to create a future that hasn't happened yet. Do, do you want to talk a little bit about that and creating futures that have, haven't happened yet through the present moment? Okay, so is this kind of like using your imagination, the imagination is the future type? Yes, okay, yeah. So, so I do like that. Now, you know, just like, uh, you know, great, scientists and, and great thinkers, Einstein, even, you know, he, he raved about it. the imagination is the greatest tool that humans have. Uh, and, and that is totally right because it's creating what it's creating what are a, a different aspect of different reality and introducing that to people because um, just like that, that physicist uh, Nassim said, you know, the universe is a feedback system and it craves that experience. It needs that. It needs, you know, individuals come out and, and lay down their art, lay down their individuality, explore, make, you know, make things uh, appear into the world to to gain knowledge, to gain presence, to express, you know, um, to, to, to bring light, to shed light to these things. And um, just like cell phones, Star Trek cell phones, you know, uh, George Lucas, uh, I mean, oh, my gosh, the impact he had in Star Wars and how we think today, um, how uh, the major impact he made on media, video games today, um, and how we even think and see people uh, is pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> you, you know, so like on that note, yeah, the, the transponder in Star Trek, right? That was a, a, an imagination, right? And, and a, a creation that was art pretty much. But now we have a cell phone that does things that the Star Trek transponder couldn't even do, right? It has become reality, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so the back to the 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 Joe Dispenza and the creating the future you want. Um, you know, there was this movie, The Secret, and there was this whole thing. I forget the time frame. This is like the eighties, nineties, something like that. And it was this whole idea, this law of attraction, that if you thought something, those things would appear in your life. And there, some people said there was a little bit of hokiness. There was some snake oil to that. But as far as creating thoughts and emotions based on a future that you would like to see, could you talk about, is there any evidence that that actually does happen? Um, I would say yes, in the sense that, I mean, I think intent has a lot to do with it. Like if, Hey, I want, uh, you know, a billion dollars just to appear out of thin air, right? No, that's not going to happen. Hey, I have, uh, a medical condition or, or, or something, the mind over matter argument. And, you know, I'm going to meditate. I'm not going to allow this to, to overcome me. I'm, I'm going to just like, uh, um, different uh people that have experienced everything from liver cancer you know all kinds of different fatal diseases they were able to bounce back uh through meditation through through the spiritual energy that they're using uh so in, in that sense i think yes um i think you know i think it, it, intent is everything even our thoughts matter you know everybody thinks that you know you can have something secret um, but you can't, you can't, nothing's ever secret, not even your thoughts, because on a quantum level, something's happening there. Something's interacting, energy's interacting, okay? Things we can't see here around us. Um, so, you know, and I know I'm going through different rabbit holes to, to answer this question, but yeah, I think you can, you know, you want peace in your life and you seek peace. You can find peace. You know, if you're trying to find the meaning of life, you will find the meaning of life. Like if that's your goal in life, you can, it can as long as you have the attitude, but if it's a, I think if it's a more of a dark thing that you, you want to conquer, I think it's, it's a little bit harder to do that. You know, um, okay. So I was dead. I forget where I saw this, but Joe Dispenza was talking about how that whole law of attraction thing did make sense. It's just that a lot of people missed the action piece. And I'm going to combine that with some things. Brooke Castillo, she's always teaching the cognitive behavior model, the thought, feeling, action result, right? And, and she says that if, if you look at it, that in between the action, the doing, the thought we're thinking is the emotion. And that you also need that piece that I need to have a thought like, I want to make a million dollars. But that thought needs to be a little bit more detailed on I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to make a million dollars. And it has to be a good enough thought to generate the emotion that, yes, I'm really going to make this million dollars that generates the action. And then eventually we see that result. So is it more than just sitting around thinking there's going to be a BMW show in my yard or, or what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah. And I think that's a brilliant tool. I think we need to start in uh, maybe elementary schools and have that layout explained so people can understand their feelings and correlate them because we can't wait until people are older. Um, that makes no sense. Right. Until we're, we're in our thirties, forties and figuring out what is life, what is this, what, it, how, how do I deal with my feelings that have built up over this amount of time, right? It's not healthy. Yeah, and I think I think those programs really for the mental health of, of the world really needs to be implemented into school 
it, it seems like people start learning about that when they're suffering. It, it, suffering begins the journey, right? Exactly. Yeah. You either take one turn and like, oh, well, well, uh, you know, I'm done with this. I'm just going to go down this path. Oh, well, whatever. Or you say, hey, you know, I got I got to build up from this. I, I, I can't continue this way. Yeah. It has to. Yeah. It has to be like such a dramatic split. And we shouldn't wait till, you know, we're to we're there because, you know, we're all every single one of us is at that point, you know, whether we've, we've come across a death in the family, whether it's a pet, whether it's a loved one, or, you know, whether something's happened to, you know, with job wise, you know, that's right. We can teach people those things before they suffer. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's such a great point. Yeah. It's just disappointing in the nation. I mean, how we deal with mental health, the nation here. Well, let's go. Why is there a stigma about discussing, consciousness and mental health and those things you know what the stigma and and it comes from you know not being normal you know what is normal defining normal and michelle foucault he was a great brilliant psychiatrist uh you know in the 70s okay he did a lot of research on the mental institutions talked about the categorizations uh, of humans you know you didn't meet the right person so we're either going to throw you in jail we're going to throw you into the loony bin um and of course, you know, people have the fear of, of not being normal, so conforming. And of course, we have our society that's built on, you know, not, not dinging anything here. I mean, we are part of a society, a capitalist society, and a materialist society, too, as well. So, you know, our society is not built in for these, these helpful techniques that, that, you know, help with mental illness as of now. Um, you know, it, we exploit it's very much of exploit. Hey, buy this. Hey, you need this. Hey, you need to get this. Because you think about it in the eighties, we didn't have cell phones. Now it is mandatory for you to have a cell phone um, in order to even function in society properly. If not, then you are, you know, uh, I mean, I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I definitely think like the changes gotta, gotta happen on on a societal level. I mean, we've got to get rid of our, you know, materialistic, kind of capitalistic society. I mean, I'm not talking about, hey, everybody, let's turn into a communist or socialist nation. I mean, those are just forms. I mean, it's the uh, the way humans run things. It's the way, you know, systems like that are, are, are ruined. But we definitely, you know, we got to we gotta come up with a way to that expands on mental health a lot more. And everybody would be happy in general. I mean, I would love to go down a neighborhood and everybody would just be great, you know? Everybody just be, uh, you know... Uh, uh, up to par, uh, you know, mental health check. I think, you know, that's great. Um, you know, there, there seems to be a separation too with um, physical health versus mental health in our country. And, and just, you know, had a personal experience one time feeling anxiety and not even knowing what anxiety is. So first, you know, go to see the family doctor and he's doing chest x-rays and thinking I have a heart problem, right? And and then through a long journey, ended up finding, no, there's nothing physically wrong. A lot of money spent later, right? And it was more of a, a mental issue to deal with. So there's a separation there, isn't there? Yes, yes. And, and, and it's definitely, uh, you know, people go to the doctor, they explain their symptoms, you know, and, and that's another thing is our, you know, since the 70s, our medical world has turned into a, a money making machine, you know, um, rare are those intimate personal relationships where the doctor knows you knows your family, uh, knows everything about you and, and can help guide you through the right 
you know, and of course, with these advancements with new pharmacology, they had these uh, pills that they say, oh, okay, this can help your brain chemistry. Um, however, you know, just like ibuprofen, mean you can take, mean you can have a headache, mean you would take the same amount of ibuprofen, um, 200 milligrams. It, mine might go away faster than yours. You know, our body responds differently. The same thing with these medications. And some people are just coming out of those medications like Xanax feeling numb. I mean, sometimes it works on people, but sometimes uh, you're numbing the pain. And, and I think what we need to underline here is, hey, let's not fix this with a pill. Hey, let's talk about this. Let's, let's uh, you know, um, people are so afraid of, of therapy because it puts that, they don't want to check that box. Have you ever seen a therapist? Have you ever been to a psychiatrist? Because, you know, I filled out forms where they asked that before, uh, you know, and, you know, it's, it's kind of intimidating and humiliating, to be honest with you. So disclaimer, I think that there's times where people can't function on planet Earth and some medication does help them do that. So obviously there's that side of this conversation. Right, definitely. But, but, but as, as a personal experience, you know, prescribed medication for anxiety never helped me, actually made it worse. But Eckhart Tolle's power of, the, of now changed everything for me and there was no medication required. So we do need to talk about those things, don't we? We need to share them as an option. Yes, and, and I love it. Like a bunch of scientists have said this as well as um, uh, Tolle, if I'm, I'm say, I hope I'm saying his last name right, is that we have the answers within us. Everything is within us. We just have to understand ourselves in, in order to learn how to fix that. And that really hit home a lot because, I mean, think about the scientists explain it on a proton level, right? They use protons. And, you know, here he explains it on a spiritual level that makes sense as far as like your psychiatry, like a psychology level. Um, you know, I mean, both of those go hand in hand and, and oh my gosh, it makes it so, you know, uh, evident. Thought creates chemical reactions in our, in our body, right? And so sometimes we deal with chemical imbalances through medication, but at the same time, there's all this evidence that thought creates chemical changes in your body as well. So is that not another way to manage chemical imbalances? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. Like thought exercises. Um, I mean, it's been scientifically proven. I mean, they, they've done all these uh, neuro uh, research on, and, and, you know, blood pressure, reading people's heart rates. Um, people such as monks who practice such lives as meditations. And, and what they found is the extreme amount of gray matter that they have in their brain, the gratefulness. Uh, these, the, and what these monks do, they, they practice uh, appreciation for life. They practice you know, open-mindedness, stillness, you know, they're not looking in, oh, I don't, what is Greg going to think of my, my outfit today? You know, they're not thinking that they're thinking, oh, this tree is beautiful. This is wonderful. How can I contribute to the world? They're not thinking about, you, you know, th they have a totally different mindset, um, a total different appreciation for life. How they see life is, is, is completely, uh, positive and in, in, in influential. And they, and they found that, you know, just taking appreciation for life to just sit back and be still, you know, and breathe and concentrate and just observe your thoughts and emotions and, 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 and stay away. These have uh, effects on your, your physical health, your mental health. And if you practice these constantly, you will see the effects. But as you say, it's, it's like working at the gym. You can't go do a bunch of bicep curls uh, for one day and expect to be, you know, big and buff. Right. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, it, it definitely takes time, but these methods have worked. And I can tell you right now that, that I, they've worked on me um, and they worked on so many different other people. Me too. Me too. All right. So let's get a little weird here. All right. So Eckhart Tolle says that I am not my thoughts. I am the one who observes my thoughts. And if we, we break down these unconscious thoughts from the limbic system and these conscious thoughts from the prefrontal, but then the part of us that observes those thoughts happening, is that, is that consciousness and is consciousness the soul? Okay. Yes. And yes. Okay. That's, that's what it, and that really helped, um, s split that really made sense to me how your soul, if, if you will, your, your spirit, your soul, what we're talking about, this consciousness that continues on, uh, prior to your birth and, and after your death, uh, it's the observation of your of your thoughts and your emotions because you know those come from from outside like you said outside influence it can be your simply your geographic location your elevation the humidity outside um the energy around you such as the people around you i mean it, it, the vibes in a city um a lot of places are different if you ever go to a different geological location it has a different feel a different energy a different vibe um even the weather uh, all these have effects, diet, exercise, um, you know, they have all these effects on our emotions and our thoughts, what we're doing. And like you said, and the consciousness is like you said, it, it ropes it in. It, it takes control of the reins and it says, Hey, your thoughts and your emotions. And, you know, but I'm observing you and I'm going to take control from here. I mean, practicing that sense of awareness, that's consciousness. That's uh, gaining that that higher sense of consciousness awareness. Hey, I'm aware that somebody cut me off in traffic. Am I going to get out with my tire iron rod and and go for them, or or am I am I going to say oh, okay, well you know maybe they didn't see me. Maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe it's somebody trying to go to the hospital. You know, let it you know just let it go. You know, simple things like that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. So let's, let's tie this into something that you said earlier. You were talking about energy and how energy is not destroyed. It's just transformed. And so does consciousness have a death then? I would say absolutely not. What quantum physics has, uh, you know, have, has proven so far and, you know, material and you'll see it here in the materialistic uh scientist side and i was once on this side as an atheist but then you got to understand that hey even atheism is a belief and materialistic scientists uh, you know they do not want to believe some of these things like some of these things that happen um like the you know electrons turning wave into particles how they can communicate faster than um uh you know, the speed of light, you know, that's about, they think, oh, that can't exist. That doesn't make sense. It's, it's not working out in our medical calculations. That just can't make sense. I mean, not obviously that's proven today, but it's, uh, I've read some of their arguments and, you know, what they have to say is, is, you know, it's, it's based on a belief system. It's kind of like, uh, trying to convince a religious person, um, of a different belief system too. It's, you're not going to budge on this materialist scientist part. Well, let's go further down that road then that, you know, I, I think that spiritual people sometimes can grasp these concepts a lot better because they already have this pre-existing belief that there's something more, there's a soul other than this physical body, right? But then we have all this science coming out that's sometimes kind of pointing that there might be some truth there. And so for those that are on the fence of 
religion versus science. Do, do you see religion and science kind of coming together or do you still see a big divide between the two? Um, so I would say take the spirituality out of the, the religion and, and, and I see that coming together um, as far as the institutions of religion, um, because they're even power structures, right? They, like our society, they run off power structures. You can't just take them down because people lose power. They don't like that. And without, and some people like that structure system, you know, they need that structure system. Um, but I think a lot of people, as many of these authors have noted, you know, um, from, 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 from yogis to, you know, uh, scientists like Cartol, um, that, you know, there is an evolution that's happening and it's happening within our brains. It's like a, uh, uh, an awareness, a consciousness evolution, you know, and I think it's evident that it's happening. These people are waking up spiritually and science has proven it too, that, um, yeah, that, that, that these things are happening. And, you know, with the uh, medical field coming out with the NDEs, they've studied that. Um, I think, yeah, you can go on the sites and read NDEs and, and, and it's like somebody's imagination experience, but it's their reality and how they interpreted it, right? But they all have underlying themes. And that is that, hey, there is a different dimension. And that's exactly what science says. There's these different dimensions, um, a part of yourself is in this dimension in the physical world. And, uh, you know, the way the physical world is run is through other dimensions as well. The in other dimensions interact. And just because we can't see it, touch it, hear it, feel it, taste it, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And, uh, yeah, I think I think that, that spirituality and, and science is definitely starting to come together, like, so, so well. Um and, and you can see that now in the writings of, of all these physicists that are coming out. Well, okay. So we, we've, we've covered some really deep stuff. How about we give people some just basic methods for tapping into consciousness? What if we do some of that? Yes. Okay, great. And so uh, one of the techniques that, that I found very helpful, and then you can do this. Uh, a lot of people say it's helpful prior to uh, meditating and because a lot of people don't like meditation because they don't understand it. They don't know what it is. They think you're but a light switch is going to turn on or something's going to happen. Um, but it's basically being silent, being still observing your thoughts and trying to clear your mind. Um, but these breathing exercise, uh, exercises, they definitely help. Um, you can find a bunch of these breathing exercises on YouTube. Um, you also had some different breathe six times in, you can do deep breaths. Um, there's another, type of exercises held by uh, yoga centers and Clark Kegley, if I'm not mistaken, um, where it's, quote, get high on your own supply, unquote. Uh, it's DMT release. Uh, basically, it's don't expect to to get um, anything like a, a actual DMT uh, release, but it, what it does is it resets your heart. It gets your blood bowing to your system, okay? It's causing the circulation the way the type of breathing is because you're holding your breath. For a certain amount of time and you're tell me how to do one how do, so how do i do one tell me how i do one so okay so um what he does is so you would breathe really quickly in and out for 30 for 30 breaths and then um after the 30 breath you would exhale and then uh hold that exhale exhalation for one minute and then you would take two breaths in like two large breaths and then you would hold the breath in for a minute 45 seconds now of course 
doing it your first time, can you make it? Don't pass out, right? You, you don't get, don't try to kill yourself trying to relax. <laughs> <laughs> you start seeing stars, you you know, you're, you this is not the moment you want. Yeah. Uh, but um, it, it's definitely great. And, and it's great for your lungs. It's great for your body. It revitalizes your cells, okay? And it's opening up your cells. And what happens is it triggers your penile gland, which releases uh, chem- hormones and chemicals in your body. Uh, so that's what the feel good is when they say get high off your own supply. So Tony Robbins, he, he would call it prepping, right? And it was almost like he would do something very similar to what you just did. And it was almost like, let me go ahead and give myself a panic attack and get it out of the way and then I'll be ready for the day. And, and, and so I think that's kind of funny, but at the same time, the way you describe it, you're almost getting a high, a natural high off of it. Yeah, yeah, because it, it does release, because um, your body, it throws your body off the thinking pattern. So, you know, it's, it's demanding oxygen, and then it's holding oxygen, and then it's releasing. It, you know, it's kind of throwing your body for a real, like, hey, what's going on here? Do you need oxygen? Do you not? <laughs> um, well, well, so that same thing. Okay, so this is, this is just fascinating to me, all right? So um, someone could be thinking a lot of thoughts and breathe heavy like that, and they're they're having what's called a panic attack. But is it because you're removing the thought during the process and just focused on the presence of the breathing that instead of a panic attack, now it's this great thing for your body? <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about it that way because, yeah, you're right that people do um, do do that in the panic attack. I think, yeah, but I think this because you're focused on breathing. You're fo- it's kind of like when you're exercising, you're doing the Shanti workout, and you're doing those jumping jacks. Like you're not thinking about, hey, what about those tacos? You know, or, or, or what did Tina say about my nails? You know, you're not really thinking about that. You're like, oh my god, please let's let's get through this. You know? Anything other than the burpee, okay? Shanti and the burpee. That was the one. It was too many burpees for me. That's that's funny. That's good stuff. All right, so breathing techniques. So there's there's a lot of stuff out there we can do on breathing. A lot of different ones that people could try. Um, what are some other things outside of breathing that we could do? So there's Reiki healing and chakra balancing. And I paid money to do this for the experience because I didn't know what it was. And and I got to say, I mean, it's money well spent because now I know this technique. Um, however, you know, you can do this if you're you don't want to spend any money and you're like me, you're, you, you want to keep it on a budget. Um, it's understanding the, the vibration. So read about the chakras. There's seven of them. Um, and and I, I was guided through. So she. Um, we started just an example doing the root chakra. Okay. The root chakra an example is at the base of your spine. Um, the color is red. So if you want to, you can picture, she says you can picture red in your head. I didn't see any colors until the very end. I know that sounds crazy. It sounds like, okay, well, did you eat mushrooms? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, it's a very interesting experience. I went in very skeptical, very, okay, what is this going to do for me? But you're humming a note and it's a deep C note and you, you start low and then you go higher as you go and you unlock um, parts of the body. So, and there's, um, you can look at a line for, for your root chakra. It's a LOM. Okay. So what, it, when this chakra is balanced, it says to give you have peace in, in, in future, peace of mind in future. When it's not balanced, you tend to be more greedy, possessive, hoarding, um, and the element for this is earth. Uh, and and it's, you can go really into it. I'm just giving you the basic knowledge. And so with the deep sea, so I'll just give you, a, a, uh, so she told me to close my eyes and have, I have my hands like this right here, like he, uh, um, touching my fingers to my thumbs. 
and in a relaxed position and you close your eyes and then you, she, she got me through WOM, it was just a C note. And I'm not a music major, so you guys have to forgive me, I'm tone deaf. So, and I'm pretty sure it aggravated her too, because I was trying to repeat it long, like you go into a C, but you do it like long, and you keep on repeating that process. And I didn't feel anything at first, but when I got up to that, maybe the third chakra, I started feeling like swirls of, uh, I guess it felt like swirls of energy in, in my extremities, in my arms, especially. Um, and what you do is, you know, she, when she walks you through the chakra balance, when you, when you pay for it, what you have to think about is clearing, cleansing that system. Like, Hey, this is what I'm meditating on. I'm, I'm removing, I'm getting myself peace of mind, you know, throwing my energy, my positive energy in there, cleaning it out. Um, so kind of like a, a breathing in technique when you breathe in, cleansing it air and you breathe out the, you know, the bad things or, you know, things that are bothering you to get rid of that thought as, as well. But that's what chakra balancing and uh, so that was, that was really helpful. Well, that's a good one. And just that, just like that example there, I keep seeing, I guess, versions of that. So in, I said, told you before about the breathe in six times and breathe out six times as if you're breathing out through a straw. And then I saw another one recently where add words to that, whether it's, uh, um, you know, you're breathing in consciousness, thinking that word or, or breathing out the word stress and taking in what you want, changing the energy, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that because it's it, like, it's one of those things, mind over matter. It's, 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 I mean, if you honestly feel it and believe it, then, you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to conjure, it's going to heal your, your, what you have going on. I mean, it's, it's helped a lot. And as another thing that you discuss is, is elemental therapy. Elemental therapy is also, you know, appreciating nature, going into nature, maybe closing your eyes, focusing on the energy around you, the sound around you, you know, being extending gratitude for the little bit of life, like the sky being so significant and, and noticing you're just, a little dot traveling in a solar system that's part of this huge galaxy that's flying into somewhere flying at the speed of light, right? Across this galaxy, you know, never being at the same point of time and space ever. Okay. Well, no, I like that. And, you know, obviously that maybe that's a, 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 I didn't know the formal name for it, but I'm really into that whole sensing the nature thing and feeling the wind and, and, uh, you know, hearing sounds and all that. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and when you do that and you show gratitude, you're sending positivity back into, to, to, to with your energy. I mean, it's a, it's a different connection. It, it works on a quantum level. I mean, it, it's crazy how this works. And another thing that, that scientifically proven, like we talked about, you walk, uh, on the earth, in the grass, with your bare feet, okay, it discharges those negative particles. Um, that is a, in itself is a form of therapy. And just the awareness of realizing what's happening also helps. You know, that awareness is what we're trying to take and what we're trying to get when we're doing these element therapies. You know, you can say, well, my cousin goes and dips in that creek every day and he's still a, a jerk. But, you know, is he being aware of what he's trying to do? Are you trying to cleanse? Are you just in there trying to float and you know have fun drink beer you know <laughs> <laughs> good deal well shelly it was just awesome talking to you today as it always is and uh, i really appreciate it and uh, um, thank you so much for all you do and thank you for your openness and sharing your deeper thoughts with everyone 
Oh yeah. And, and thank you. You know, I love talking about this stuff. This is, this is what I love talking about. So it's really awesome to have, and you know, an educated, great person with exchanges resources, you know, without those resources, I would still be stumbled on some things, you know, I'd still have some sorting out to do, but this has helped me a long way. If you learned something valuable today, please share it with others. For more information, head over to leaderthink.com.